Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'm your host, and I want to say thank you to everyone that's tuning in and listening, and I hope you're enjoying the episodes that I'm coming out with here. I've got a fun one today, a pretty interesting case study that I went through just this last week, actually. So it's, it's fresh in my mind, and hopefully you'll find it interesting. We'll get right into it here. This is a situation I am called into a shop to program a BCM, body control module, on a 2011 Buick Regal. Uh, This is a 2.4 liter LAF engine, not that the engine matters too much for this job, but it's not the turbo, and this is a global A vehicle. Uh, So if you're not familiar, around 2011, there were a few vehicles, Chevy Cruze, Regal being one of them, which this didn't pertain too much to this case study, but basically what that means is you have to replace control modules with brand new Uh, control modules or remanufactured control modules. You can't go used if you're going to reprogram one of these modules. Again, didn't have a whole lot to do with this case study, but I I figured I might bring that up. Uh, So if you're wondering, is my General Motors vehicle a Global A vehicle or not? Uh, 2014, I believe, and everything and up is Global A as far as control modules go. But there were a few sprinkled in between 11 and 14 that were the start of a global A platform. But anyways, I'm called in for a BCM. So first thing I always ask on a global A vehicle when I'm going to a shop is, is this a used module or is this a new module? Because if it's a used module, I'm obviously not going to waste my time trying to program it because it's not going to work. It's a one-time write for the VIN. So in this case, it was a new module from General Motors. Uh, this shop that I go to is actually pretty good on this. They know they know the, the deal, but I always want to check before I get into it. So I get there, and one of my first steps I've found is a really good idea when you're going to program a module is just to do a pre-scan. And I think if you're going to be doing anything on modern vehicles, you should bring a pre-scan into your process, into what you're doing on every vehicle. Uh, There's so many modules on every vehicle, and you can nip some problems in the bud uh, when when you do a pre-scan. You can identify some issues uh, before you get too far into it. And especially when it comes to programming, you want to see what's going on with this car. What's happening here before I dive in and start programming modules? So what my pre-scan indicated on this car, and this is a, I just had my Autel out. This is an auto scan. Some scan tools call this a health check. Whatever it is, you are just going through all the modules on the vehicle and checking them for codes, seeing what's in there and codes. And I expect some codes, especially if we have a blank module in there. Uh, There's going to be some codes, but I want to know what they are. And as, you know, a mobile business, it's really important to document this stuff, kind of cover your butt sort of thing, but I just want to get a feel for what I'm getting into before I program this module. What I find from my pre-scan 
is there's some codes in other modules. Uh, again, I expect some codes, and I didn't look too far into what those codes were. What I noticed immediately was that there were some modules missing from the network that I expected to be there. I work on enough of these vehicles, I'm sure you do too, to know what modules are on every car, regardless of the RPO codes. In the case of a General Motors, they may or may not have this specific module. But there are certain modules that you know are going to be there, such as the EBCM, or Anti-Lock Brake Control Module. And I know on this particular application, because I can look under the hood and see it, that there is an Anti-Lock Brake Control Module right under the coolant reservoir. The fuel pump control module, and these are modules that did not show up on my scan. Uh, if you're using an Autel, this is a 908, as it goes through, and it, I guess I should stop here and say this isn't my favorite feature of the Autel, but as you go through the auto scan, if there is a module that it's trying to communicate, an option for that vehicle possibly, and it is unable to communicate with that module, it just kind of skips over it and goes to the next module and it actually just removes it from the list as you're going through that auto scan. So if you're not watching it as it goes, as it's attempting communication with each module, you could miss it. So you want to watch this as it's doing the auto scan. Now other scan tools are going to be different, obviously, but uh, the Autel is the way I went with this one. But I saw it skip over the anti-lock brake control module, attempted communication, moved on to the next one. And it didn't say pass co with no codes. It didn't say codes. It just removed it from the list. And I know it has this module. Also, the fuel pump control module has that module on this vehicle, but it did not show up on the auto scan. And uh, the parking brake control module did not show up. Now, at this moment in time, through my diagnostic, I didn't know for sure that it had a parking brake control module, but I did come to find out that this is one of the modules on the vehicle's parking brake control. Also skipped over this module. So before I go any further, I want to talk to the, the shop, the technician, to see what's going on with this thing. Because they've put in the new BCM. The BCM's in there, ready to be programmed, plugged in, but... I should be able to communicate with these control modules regardless of an unprogrammed BCM. The BCM had some configuration codes in it because it's unprogrammed. And there were some other random communication codes in other modules of the vehicle. So I kind of stop here to say, all right, let's, let's get the story before I move forward. So the history for this, or at least what the shop knows, is that it came in with a complaint of lots of lights on the dash, kind of lit up like a Christmas tree. And you, you can imagine if you've seen any networking problems, that's not uncommon. You're going to see a lot of lights on the dash on a modern vehicle when there's network problems, because if there's network problems, you're going to have multiple module failures. There was also the complaint of the power windows in the front two windows not working. Okay, so driver and passenger side, this is a four-door vehicle. The front two windows don't respond at all. They actually replaced a master switch as one of their first attempts to fix this, and it didn't change anything. The power windows did not work. So they scanned it, and what they ended up finding was lots of communication codes. They showed me the whole list. They had a page full of communication codes from multiple different modules. And what they had determined was most of these communication modules had something to do with the BCM, or at least the majority of them had to do with the body control module. 
And so they decided, okay, the body control module is involved with these windows, which it is. It, and we'll explain this later more in more detail, but the body control module actually works, operates. It is the master of a LIN bus that works with the driver and passenger side windows for them to operate. And they decided that most of the codes that they had, again, the majority of the codes had to do with BCM communication. So I looked through the list of codes they had, but at this point I'm thinking, okay, we want to kind of hold off on programming this new control module until we get a feel for what's really going on with this vehicle. Because I'm thinking right away, this may not be necessarily a BCM issue. It could be, but again, the fact that I did my pre-scan and I have modules missing off the network that just aren't there uh, that I assume are not communicating, I want to find out why that is. You get that gut feeling, especially when you've been doing this long enough, that you know that programming this BCM is not going to fix this car. And that's what I told them. So there's a, they said, yes, why don't you just check it out, see what you can find, because we've been struggling with this one for a little while. And we made the BCM call, but they obviously weren't too entirely confident in their call, especially after what I found. So I dig in as a diagnosis. And this is how I get a lot of my diagnostics is I go into a shop to program and and sometimes I'll program it and it has the same symptom. So the new module didn't fix the problem. And then I say, okay, do you want me to figure out what's wrong? And that's how I end up getting a lot of my diagnostics. Most of the time I'm called in the program and it ends up leading to this. So that's where I'm at. Let's figure out what's going on here. So switching over to Diag, the first question I want to answer is why can't I talk to those certain modules? Again, that is my EBCM or analytic brake control module. My fuel pump control module operates the fuel pump. It's an electronic returnless system. And again, I didn't realize at the time that I couldn't talk to my parking brake module, parking brake control module, but I couldn't. At this point, I want to find out how many modules are on this car. So I use the RPO codes and I combine this with a network wiring diagram to see what's on this vehicle. And that's when I did find out that there was a parking brake control module. This is an electronic parking brake. So... When you press the button in the center console for the parking brake to activate, it's going to use an electric motor and apply the parking brakes to the vehicle. So the first thing I do is a quick scope of the networks. I have a breakout box. I'm at the DLC. I like to do the easy checks first. I pull out my U-scope and just make some quick checks here off of my breakout box at the DLC just to see what's going on. I look at the high-speed CAN network. And actually, let me stop here and explain how the networks are set up on this vehicle. Because this vehicle, like many modern vehicles, has more than one communications network. It has a high-speed CAN network that it is going to utilize most of your uh, mission-critical control modules, things that are very important that real-time messages need to happen. And this is a CAN bus. They call it GM LAN, high-speed GM LAN for this application, but it is a CAN bus, a two-wire network that has a resting voltage of 2.5 volts, and high side gets pulled to around 3.5, low side gets pulled to around 1.5 during transmission. That's our CAN bus system. That's how this operates. On our high-speed network, 
or HS CAN 1, we have the ECM engine control module, TCM transmission control module, fuel pump control module, one of my modules that doesn't show up, EVCM, another module that hasn't shown up, analog brake control, our body control module, which we can talk to and is new, and our parking brake control module, all on this high-speed network. So there's also a high-speed chassis expansion bus. And so this is for other modules that need to be on high-speed communication, but they made a second network on this vehicle, and it says right in the service info, so that these modules are not adding to the message load of the high-speed network. Now, CAN networks can handle up to 30 modules depending on the application, but for this particular model, they decided to split it into two different networks. So we're going to have two different networks to check. So what's on this chassis expansion bus? The EBCM, analog brake control module, is also on the chassis control bus. So that's the one module, actually, that is on both buses, both the high-speed network one and the chassis expansion bus. We also have the multi-axis module and also the steering angle sensor. There's actually only three on here. And finally, there's also a low-speed GM LAN, which is a one-wire network, a 0 to 5 volt square wave network. But again, it's only one wire. And this is going to include things like your HVAC, your radio, the instrument cluster, and there's actually a few others that are on this network as well. And we didn't necessarily have to deal with this network. I check that first. That's pin 1 on the DLC. Looks great, 0 to 5 square wave. So I check my high speed one can to see what that's looking like and I actually have pretty good messages on that. Like I said, it's a CAN bus, resting voltage 2.5, high side goes to 3.5, low side goes to 1.5 and I will say it's not always perfect. You're not always going to have those exact voltage levels, especially when it comes to GMs. You can have lots of fluctuations and there's different ways that you can scope this to look at it but from my experience this network looked pretty clean and I had activity there so I'm not thinking anything shorting out the network network and being able to talk to the BCM and I could talk to the engine control module, transmission control module. I'm not worried about that network being shorted. But I find on my chassis expansion bus that there is no activity. Zilch, nada on pins 12 and 13. So my chassis expansion bus has no activity at this point. So I can't talk to the EBCM and I have nothing going on on that chassis expansion bus. So those are my thoughts going into this. Now again, I'm still at the DLC. So I power down the vehicle, turn the key off, let the vehicle go to sleep, or at least the network go to sleep after about uh, 60 seconds or so. And then I ohm check that chassis expansion bus because I want to see where it's at. Now a CAN network, which this is, has two 120 ohm terminating resistors that are wired in parallel throughout the network. In this case, the multi-access sensor and the EBCM have the terminating resistors in them and it ohms out at 60 ohms because two 120 ohm resistors wired in parallel should be 60 ohms if everything is physically connected on that network. So from that, I can tell that I don't have any opens or shorts in the network, but it's not going to, obviously there's no activity going on in that network. So something, something's up, something's weird, but physically everything should be connected at this point. So the next thing that I 
decide to do? Where do I go from here? I've got activity on my high-speed bus. I have no activity on my chassis expansion bus. And I forgot to mention, I can't talk to that multi-access sensor and I can't talk to the steering angle sensor. I found that out at this point. I didn't know right away that those existed on this vehicle. Well, come to find out they do. I can't talk to them and obviously not. There's nothing going on on that network. There's no communication happening. But I still have modules on my high-speed network that I can't talk to. Again, fuel pump control module, parking brake control module, EBCM. Now, my thoughts here are, well, the EBCM exists on both networks, both the high-speed and the chassis expansion bus. It's the only module. I have something going on with the chassis expansion bus. I can't talk to the EBCM. So this might be the first module that I want to tackle. But the first thing that you want to do when you're dealing with a network problem is pull up a diagram and look at how this network operates. Very, very important. Get an idea of the structure, how the modules are connected, what modules are on what networks if there's multiple networks, and just get a get a feel, get a plan of attack. How am I going to look at this? What is my next test going to be on paper before you do anything on the car? I'm thinking EBCM is the place I'm going to go, but I really want to look at the network structure. So there's one part to add here that I haven't talked about. Again, we've got two CAN networks and a low-speed one-wire network that we're really not too concerned about. Everything on that network checks out, but we're having some issues with the CAN networks. In addition to these CAN networks, if you look at the wiring diagram, both on Mitchell, a redrawn diagram, and it's on the factory diagram as well, there are two circuits that originate from the BCM, the body control module. These circuits, one of them being a white-blue wire, keep that wire color in mind, white-blue, white-blue, that's our serial data wake-up circuit. And there's actually two of these again. There's one going from the BCM to modules like the ECM, TCM. I'm not so worried about that because I can talk to those modules. But there is a white-blue wire that comes out of the BCM, and it is a serial data wake-up circuit. And it goes from the BCM. This wake-up circuit goes to, from the BCM, to say, hey, wake up, guys, start talking. That's the purpose of this wake-up circuit is to say the ignition's on, it's time to start talking on the network, share your data, send your state of health messages, communicate with the the other modules. If the modules that need this wake-up circuit, the serial data wake-up, don't receive it, they won't talk on the CAN network even if the CAN network's active. So the modules that are connected to this white-blue serial data wake-up are the fuel pump control module, the EBCM, anti-lock brake control module, and our parking brake control module. Okay, so again, just by looking at the diagram, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. All the modules that I can't talk to are powered up or woken up, I should say, by this white-blue wire, which is a serial data wake-up from the BCM. Now, I'm thinking of a couple different things here because this BCM's not programmed, so could that be playing a role in this? I'm not really sure, but what I decide to do at this point is check to see if the ignition wake-up is actually occurring. So I go to the BCM connector, and I just check with my test light to see, do I have 12 volts on this white-blue wire that is the ignition wake-up for the modules I can't talk to? And I find there's nothing. 
So next thing I want to do is move on to a power and ground check of this BCM. Because obviously the BCM should be putting out this ignition wake up circuit, but for some reason it's not. Again, not program module. I'm wondering, eh, okay, could that play a role? I don't think so. I haven't seen anything like this before. And I can actually communicate with this BCM in the scan tool. It shows the ignition switch is active, uh, but something's missing here. Something's going on. So let's do some power and ground checks of the BCM. That's my next move. I just want to make sure, do we have all the powers and grounds to this thing that it needs to operate? So there's actually nine power feeds to this BCM, to this body control module, so quite a few. Maybe it's possible that they missed one because this tech's pretty good. I wouldn't think that he'd miss something like this, but you never know. So I do my power ground checks. I'm just using a test light, doing some quick checks. Not my 9000 series headlight bulb at this point, but I just want to see, is everything there? My two grounds are good. It's two grounds going to the BCM to operate it. But one of my nine power feeds to this BCM is not there. It's an orange wire, should be constant battery voltage, according to the wiring diagram. And it comes from fuse number 23 in the fuse panel that I actually had to move in order to access the BCM connectors. So I'm pretty close. I just kind of have to look up and I can find this fuse panel. I can look at it and I look for fuse number 23 and there's nothing there. Now, sometimes you wonder, okay, am I looking at the right fuse panel? Is my service information right? This or that. And one thing you can do, if there is a fuse missing, there should be a fuse there and it's not. It's not a fuse that was an option for this vehicle that it didn't come equipped with, but it could. Look at the female terminals where the fuse actually plugs into. If it has two female terminals in that spot, odds are that fuse should be there. If it only has one or it has none, then maybe that fuse should not be there on that application. I can't say that's 100% of the time, but it's worked pretty well for me just to do a quick recognition of a fuse box and say, yeah, there, maybe there should be a fuse there. Now, my question is, why is it missing? That's kind of strange. I don't think this tech would have missed that, but I go talk to him and he's like, oh shoot, I pulled that out of there and I forgot to put one back in. So I was like, well, wh why'd you do that? Well, when I was replacing the BCM, he says, I saw an arc, I saw an electrical spark around that fuse in the fuse box. And I'm not sure what happened, but I pulled the fuse out to look at it. He said it wasn't popped, but he forgot to put it back in. Okay, so well, let's. We know that a fuse needs to be there because this is one of the power feeds for the BCM. Well, let's put a fuse in there and go from that point. So I put my 20 amp fuse in this spot, and immediately everything that I couldn't talk to comes online EBCM, fuel pump control module, parking brake control module, and everything on the chassis expansion bus. Now I can communicate with the scanner. There's lots of communication codes and lots of codes and stuff, but. I can talk to this stuff now. So this is interesting. So now our ignition wake up circuit must have voltage on it, right? Because everything is talking on the network the way it should. Based on my RPO codes, every single module that should be on that vehicle is now awake and talking. Okay. Now I was thinking, oh, this probably wasn't the original problem because he removed the fuse, but let's start fresh and see where we're at here before we move on. So I just clear all of the codes out of this thing now that I have all the modules on, on the network talking. And I want to see what, if anything, is setting in this thing before I move forward. Because maybe now at this point, I just need to program the BCM and call it a day. 
maybe I got sent on a little bit of a wild goose chase here, and that can definitely happen, but that's the way it goes. So I clear all of the codes, everything in the vehicle, all the modules, and in Autel you can hit quick erase, and it will go through, and it'll go bam, bam, bam through all the modules and clear everything all at once, kind of a handy feature of the tool. Now, after this code clear, what I end up having was just a couple codes and a couple modules. And one of those modules of the BCM has a configuration error that was there before. And I also have a U0140-71 in the EBCM, which I can now talk to, because what I assumed was that my ignition wake up is working now after I plug this fuse in. Let me tell you, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but this is where I use, I, I assumed something and it kind of cost me a little bit of time. Uh, again, maybe some of you would have been able to spot this earlier than I did, but I kind of missed something because once I replaced that fuse, I thought everything was good with that ignition wake up. I just assumed that it was because, well, now I can talk to the modules that I want to talk to, but we'll get to what the actual problem was later. We'll continue on with the codes here. So again, EBCM setting a U. 0140-71. The U0140 means no communication or communication error with the BCM. The dash 71, the subcode, says invalid data. Okay, so I go to my service information, I look up this code, and it's really vague on the details of this code. And really the description of the code is about all the information that I have. That for some reason the EBCM is getting invalid data from the BCM. Now I'm thinking at this point, okay, I have a configuration error in the BCM. It hasn't been programmed. This is a blank brand new module from GM. Maybe I do just need to program it at this point. That was my thought. But before I decide to lock the VIN in on this thing, because uh, once you program it, there's no going back. And I realized the shop made the call on the BCM, but I'm there to help. I'm there to figure this out. Before I push this through, I have the old BCM laying there. And once again, the code in the EBCM, the U0140-71, kind of has me... You know, it's got that gut feeling going that uh, something's up here because I've, I've programmed a lot of GM modules and I don't recall this code being present even when a blank module is installed on the vehicle. So I decide I plug in this old BCM. It's not too much work to do. It's not the easiest thing to get to in the world, but I plug the old BCM in and I clear out the codes and I rescan the vehicle just to see what pops up or what's going on. What was the original problem? Now, I do get my code back in the EBCM, hard fault all the time, U0140-71 invalid data from the BCM. Okay, so that hasn't changed. And now I'm like, oh, okay, uh, maybe new BCM isn't really going to change this. I also get some new codes in the BCM. And again, this one's programmed the vehicle. So now my immobilizer works. I can start the vehicle. The radio is on, all that, which is great. I can actually start the engine at this point with the old BCM connected. But again, not, not really the point. I get some other codes in this BCM now. The configuration error is obviously gone. But I get a, and this one doesn't really matter, license plate lamp code. Okay, there was a bulb out, big deal. I also get some Linbus codes a U1530 and a U1534. 
which pertain to the driver's and passenger side window motors. So on this particular vehicle, the window motors are modules in themselves that communicate on a LIN bus in which the BCM is the master. He's the guy that regulates the conversation. And if you remember one of the original symptoms for this car that the text told me about was that the windows don't work. And I can confirm that the windows did not work. They did not operate. And I have LIN bus codes. So I'm going to pause at this point. Actually, we're going to end the episode here. And what I'd like you to do is pretend that you're in this situation. Pretend you're where I am at in this diagnosis. Now, maybe some of you would have already figured this out by now and you wouldn't be in the same place. Everybody's got a different style. And I know there are plenty of people out there with a more efficient style than me. But Humor me and pretend you're at this point in the diagnosis. You've just plugged in the old BCM, and again, the analog brake controller has the same code as with the new BCM, the U0140, which has me concerned. But now you've got some LIN bus codes, and you've identified that the symptom of the windows not working is a hard fault as well. Where do you go with this vehicle? What do you do next? And I'll tell you what I did next in the next episode, which I'm going to release later this week. But I'd like to know, what would you have done here? Where would you have gone? I'm kind of at a fork in the road at this point on where I can go in my diagnosis. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start a Facebook page that is just for the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. And if you're interested, uh, you can join that page. Just search for Automotive Diagnostic Podcast on Facebook. And I'd like to hear your ideas, what path you would take, where you'd go with this. Or maybe, again, you, you know what's wrong, you know what's happening here, and you're just like, wow, you're, you're a dumbass. You should have uh, you should have done this or that. I, I'm okay hearing that. I love learning from other people. I love looking at my diagnostics from a efficiency standpoint, and seeing where I could have done better. And a lot of times, other people's input is great on this because they can point out things that you know I didn't necessarily see along the way, or maybe I wasn't familiar with on a typical this particular vehicle. So. Anyways, uh, check out this Facebook group that I'm going to put out. Add any comments that you'd like to share about this diagnosis. I'd like to hear where you would have went next with this or any questions that you would have. And I will release the second part of this episode later this week with the conclusion on how this was actually fixed because this is a fixed vehicle at this point. I did eventually get to the solution. Um, But let me know what you think. And beyond that, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the support. Uh, So far, I've had a lot of really good feedback on this podcast, and it means a lot to me. I love doing this. I love the diagnostic part of this job. It's why I'm drawn to it. You know, I had a passion for cards as a teenager. It's why I got into this business, you know, wanted to go race fast and furious style. But that... I grew out of that pretty quickly, and the thing that really kept me in this field, in this line of work, was 
the diagnostic part of it, the challenge of solving a problem, complex issues. And I'm not, not always the greatest at it, but man, when you finally figure it out, when you finally nail that really weird problem, it's so satisfying. It's so awesome. That's why I love it. And that's why I'm doing this because I want to share this with other people. If somebody wants to expand their skills, wants to get into this, maybe this will help get them there. Maybe you're already into this and you're just interested in consuming all the information regarding this area, this niche. Hopefully you enjoy this as well. So once again, I'm rambling a little bit, but thank you so much for listening and check out the episode later in this week for the conclusion on how this was fixed and check out the Facebook page that I'm going to start and add any comments that you have. All right. Thank you. All right. That's all for now.